0: Yo! MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, now us. So check us out every Thursday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. big head joe
1: and i'm steven marshall
0: and we are the official hearthstone podcast of legitmtg.com. no that's Woo! not true
1: legit but hearthstone
0: <laughs> legit hearthstone.com so uh yeah no not not true um i been playing a little bit of magic lately but i haven't been playing i've mostly been playing hearthstone um but uh i did go 4-0 at fnm uh which was pretty fun uh i Had posted some decks in an article in Legit MTG, uh, I guess like a month back actually, and one of them was like a red white tokens list. Um, What I did was I took that list and I kind of changed it. It was basically mono white tokens but splashing red for Perforos. So it was like you know four Precinct Captain, four Brimaz. I went with four Soldier of the Pantheon because it's really good. Um, Three
1: tokens to me at all.
0: Three Brave the Elements. Two raise or four raise the alarm. Two triplicate spirits, two Ajani, the new one. Um, steadfast. And, steadfast, thank you. Um, some other stuff. Um, it was interesting, and then four Perforos. Um, it was fun. Borrowed a couple mutavaults and used them, uh, <laughs> but it was kind of like yeah, it was interesting. Um, you, you know, once you have Perforos down. Was able to just like slam token generators and deal a ton of damage and launch the fleet. Of course, <laughs> uh, launch the fleet was nasty, man. Uh, I had so much fun with that. Um,
1: well, yeah, and Perforos. I mean, just the the people forget about the pump ability. I'm sure you probably had people yeah. dead on board. They just didn't even realize it.
0: Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I wasn't super crazy about the Perforos in the deck, which is funny uh, because my curve was pretty decent so i always wanted to go one drop two drop three drop and then i felt like my two drop a lot of times was raise the alarm and i was like oh now i've got my perforos on turn 4 and i've already used all my token generators because they usually deal with your they usually deal deal with your brimaz mm. you know then <laughs> nobody's going to let you keep a brimaz around for too long apparently um but uh, it was fun. I went 4-0 with it. Uh, was, what,
1: was 4 of perfros too clunky? Like, would you knock that down to, like, 2 or 3? Or
0: Probably 3, yeah. I, I cut one at least every single sideboard time. You know what I mean? Like, every sideboard match, I had at least one cut out of there. Um, I, I still think it's good. And, you know, I think I would run more launch the fleet and go really aggressive with it. Because I was able to just, one game, I went turn one, soldier, Turn two, like, Scryland. I saw my third land on top of my deck. I kept it on top. Uh, launched the fleet for one. Hmm. And and then I attacked for three on turn two. And then turn three, I dropped a Hall of Triumph. And just, you know, five. You know, it was really good. <laughs> and, hmm. uh, and it was just too aggressive. My opponent couldn't come back from it because they had a slow start. Um, and...
1: What do you think uh, about something like Dynacharge?
0: Yeah, I could see it too working. Goofy. <laughs> well, the problem with something like Dynacharge is that it's dead if you top-deck it, you know? So is Purphoros in a way, but then, like, you top-deck something else after Perforos, and it's really good. You know, that's the thing. So, I mean, but, like, Dynacharge is just completely dead. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's, uh, you know, that's a problem I've been having in Hearthstone, too. Hmm. Um, you know, that creature pump cards uh tend to be dead in hand when they deal with everything on your board and then like, you know, unless your creature has charge, um it's just really hard to uh to make, you know, to use a profitable ability like a pump ability profitably um when you're starting from an empty board. Um but anyway, so we've been playing a lot of Hearthstone lately. We're not going to talk about this too much and we're not really the official Hearthstone party, no. <laughs> a movie, but um,
1: how, how, what gave you the idea to start playing Hearthstone?
0: Um, okay, so what happened was uh, I had bought a couple twenty dollar Battle.net cards, right? And um, because me and my wife both play World of Warcraft, um, so I put one on her account and got her account going again. Um, and then, well, actually, what happened was I put one on her account. And then I couldn't figure out how to like actually use it to pay for game time, because it wasn't a game time card; it was just a twenty dollars card. Um, so I went and bought game time, and then noticed that like how to apply the card. So then I applied another month of game time to her account, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Oh, now she's got two whole months of of uh, of wow!" So I can use this other twenty dollars card for myself. So I was like. So I put it on my account, and I was going to activate, reactivate my WoW account, and then I was like, oh, check it out, like, um, I was like, oh, you can play uh, Diablo 3 and um, StarCraft for free, like, they have, like, the demos, I was like, I've never tried them, maybe I'll give them a try and see what they're all about, and then maybe if I like them, maybe I'll buy, like, the basic version of either one of those games. Um, So... You know, I was, looking, I was downloading those. While I was downloading those, I noticed my Hearthstone was also updating. I was like, man, I only ever touched that game. I played, like, a couple of the little sample, you know, the very beginning stuff. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll try it. And then so I, like, clicked on it. And then I, you know, clicked on it and clicked on it and clicked on it and clicked on it and clicked on it. It's
1: very inviting.
0: And, uh, yeah, you know, and I was like, I was saying to somebody the other day, I was like, yeah, you know, when you hit that play button and, like, that little... Uh, slot machine starts rolling. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like. I'm like, I'm not gonna click that once. Yeah, I can just click it one time. I'll play. Oh, I got that button—it's big, bright, bright blue, and glowing. Um, just wanna, just wanna click it, and then I do, and then it's three in the morning.
2: hmm
0: <laughs> So, um, so anyway, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, you, I, that's basically what I came to the conclusion. I was like, well, this is pretty fun. I was like, well, what I'll do is I'll sink this $20 card into some packs just to, you know, get some packs and see where that leads and and see what I think of the game. And um, I did that, and then I actually did spend another 20 bucks on packs. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever. And, like, the cool thing about it, the thing I like is that, like, you can buy packs, and you can buy as many packs as you want. Um, but then you also can uh, – you can also earn – Gold through like quests that the game gives you, and from you know winning three games in like the uh, whatever you call it mode in the just any in the play mode versus uh, live opponents, um, and uh, you can get packs that way. So after I spent that like 40 bucks initially, I, I paid to get into one arena, and other than that, I've just used gold for everything else, you know, and I haven't really needed much and like i realized it was bad i was like i was like oh sweet i was like if i win this if i finish this last win i'll finish my quest and get like 40 gold or whatever and i finished the last quest and it was like quest complete 300 gold for your 100th win i was like Hmm. well that means i've played at least 200 games of this already oh that's bad Hmm. (laughs) i was like oh no Oh no, we're all in. Oh god. So, um, you know, I've been playing it a lot. But it's fun. I mean, like, the fact... I like the model of, like, the, the pay model. Um, it, The thing you realize, my one complaint about um, about, like, the constructed play is that you do quickly realize that there are people who have sunk tons of money into the game and have, like, Tons of, or or they could have just disenchanted everything that they didn't want to use and built one good deck. You know, that's a possibility too. Um, but there are certain legendary cards that are very very powerful, and uh, I think especially with the uh, with the the new quest thing, the Curse of Naxxramas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like there's a lot of stuff that I'm seeing a lot more of in Constructed because people are paying for and completing that, and they get the Legendary cards from completing that. Hmm. Um, And there are a couple of them that are pretty powerful. Um, I don't want to go there and say they're overpowered or anything, but uh, it is kind of warping things a little bit, I feel. Um,
1: Yeah, now you know how people in standard feel when you uh, you roll up with your deck with uh, multiple mythics in it
0: yeah I mean so, no way. so I mean like yeah
1: I mean it's been a while since I've felt that way in magic
0: yeah but, I mean yeah I don't feel that way anymore uh, yeah at
1: all but now I'm like uh, I was playing the ranked so you can play either for just for fun uh, constructed or you can play ranked and they have different seasons and I guess that's how that's how they're they, 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 they structure their their um, I guess uh, competitive play schedule. So, yeah. yeah, and you just run into decks where it's like, well, I don't have any of these cards. Those jerks. But then, yeah, I just realized I, I'm coming from a mindset of, you know, someone that does, that doesn't feel, you know, a hundred percent invested in Hearthstone like I do. Where, where you know, if it's magic, it's like, well, you need you need four of these, and they're twenty dollars each. I'm like, okay, that's no problem.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, well, once you just start seeing like like somebody with like all gold cards it's like come on man like don't you got something better to spend your money on
1: and, like i mean and to be go- fair i mean it costs less in hearthstone like to, to buy a bunch of like really good cards or to eventually get them i guess yeah uh or construct them it's, it's a it's a different system so like basically any card you open since it's a digital only game you can disenchant or like break it down to i don't know what the material
0: arcane is. dust or something like arcane
1: that. dust and then every card in the game
0: which, once again, like the name Brimaz, King of Oreskos, this isn't helping our street cred at all.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I don't think uh, World of Warcraft even cares at this point.
0: No, I'm not... I, I
1: think they're synonymous with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you play True. this, you equal nerd. Uh, <laughs> although, you know, I mean, Magic the Gathering is kind of the same way. But.
0: Uh, no, Magic the Gathering is all about butts. And uh, Hearthstone, or World of Warcraft, is all about being a nerd.
1: True. No, that is not true at all. I have I you just confused.
0: Fortunately me. fortunately it's it's the the um the crack gate is worn off. So
1: Oh okay. Oh that's where you're going.
0: Yeah, it's like it's Way like, over my I, head. it's like, oh I play World of Warcraft. Oh, are you a nerd? You know? It's like, oh I play Magic the Gathering. You see the thing with the book tracks? Like yeah, I saw the thing with the butt cracks. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, but so basically you can, like, any card in construction that you want, depending on its rarity, it costs some amount of Arcane Dust. You can just create it. So if right. you break down enough cards, then, um, yeah, it's like <laughs> you basically pawn off the rest of your collection to, you know, Arcane Dust, and you can create whatever card you want. But you have to have enough cards, so you either have to win them by playing Arena or whatever or buying packs with the... Gold or real money, uh, Mm -hmm. which gold could be earned uh, through in-game tasks or a certain number of uh, uh, game wins.
0: Yeah, and it's – I mean, like – and I like that. I do like the fact that you can do that. Um, What was I going to say? I can't remember now. Well,
1: yeah, on on Hearthstone, so the only things I'd mention is just that – you compare it to so i mean the first thing to notice is i mean it's it's a digital only game so it just has a just a number of advantages to match the gathering
0: oh sorry um the, uh, the my point about the disenchanting the cards is that there is no secondary market and there is no trading yeah so so if you have more than two copies of a card or more than one copy of a legendary card you can just click on the disenchant extra cards and it'll automatically disenchant those because you just literally do not need them at all. You don't need extras. So any extras you have, you can just get rid of immediately and then make like one or two cards that you do need, you know? Um, Which, you know, it's pretty, it's it's a cool system. So anyway, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just remembered what I was trying to say.
1: Yeah, sure. So since it's just an online game, um, it's a lot simpler. It doesn't have this, Huge legacy of Magic, where to digitize it is incredibly complicated. Uh, if you want every single card in the history of Magic to actually work digitally, that's that's a you know pretty hard thing to do from like a rules perspective. But here, there's a you know you're starting off digital only, so you can actually get something that's you know easily playable on like an iPad, which is a big help. Yeah. Uh, the game's also just the mechanics are a lot simpler. You know, you can't play an in instant or anything like that on your opponent's turn. It's basically It's turn based, but there's almost zero interaction on your part during your opponent's turn. Uh, So that makes things a lot simpler. Um, It's only one, like the match is one game and that's it. Um, The other thing is that uh, creatures' damage just stays on them. So they have like, you know, power and toughness, like, you know, three power, four toughness. But if they take two damage, then they're at three power and two toughness until they either die or get healed or whatever which is kind of interesting, because I think a lot of newer players to Magic, and I think I initially thought this, uh, think that that's how it works. Um, so I've the...
0: played so much Hearthstone that I actually started thinking that's how it worked at FNM.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> for a minute, I was like, oh, I just need to deal two damage to that with this creature, and then one damage with this creature. when I Wait, what? I was like, no, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got uh, – I'm still – have all the habits from magic where I'm getting blown out, just not realizing those things still. Um, the other thing is that uh, there's, you know, there's probably a reason Hearthstone is caught on so quickly is that it's just a lot, a lot, lot easier to jump into playing it, you know, from, uh, from nothing than right. it is for, for magic. So like, you know, you open the game and it just has a giant box that says, click here. And <laughs> it just walks you through every, every, every part of the way in terms of how to play it. Until you're ready to just you know play the game normally, whereas uh, you know MTGO or Magic the Gathering Online, um, you have to be really determined to want to play play that game online. Yeah, um, <laughs> actually, I don't like, want it. You gotta <laughs> want it to want to, to play because there's not they're not walking you through anything. Um, you you almost need like a, a volunteer staff of people who just Skype with you. Uh, If they want new players to like go from even people like familiar with playing Magic the Gathering in paper to actually try to attempt to play that thing online. It's uh, it's an incredible learning curve for a game that already has uh, an incredibly high learning curve. Um, That's pretty much all I had. I mean, it's it's interesting at the the, uh, it's a it's a lot simpler. Um, So a lot of it comes down to like board presence is just having pretty much like the biggest creatures on the board because creatures can ta- just straight-up attack other creatures, so they're all... Any big creature you have is technically, like, removal. Mm-hmm. So uh, big creatures are a lot more valuable, and things in Magic that normally would be incredibly valuable, like removal, like just straight destroy target creature, um, it's a, it's less less important in Hearthstone. Um, but the, the one thing I, I would just mention that I think will be interesting to follow for Hearthstone is just that it's a much, much... Much simpler game because you need to be able to easily see what's going on on an iPad. So um, the you know the structure of it is a lot simpler. The amount of interaction you can possibly have on any one turn, the amount of choices you need to make is you know dramatically reduced um, in the aims of making a simpler, cleaner cut game. There's still a lot of strategy that goes on, but uh, the number of decisions you can make in any one turn, uh, the in a game of Magic are probably not an order of magnitude higher, but just multiples higher than than Hearthstone. And uh, I've read a lot of articles from magic design where uh, that's something that's always in the back of uh, R and D's mind is, you know, they don't want to run out of design space. So there's like a limited number of cards you can ever potentially make. There's a limited number of um, mechanics you can ever make and magic, the gathering, you know, the people that make that game, which is a lot more complex and has a lot more design space are very concerned about uh, utilizing that design space. And uh, there's just, much, much less potential design space with Hearthstone. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage their release schedule, like the number of new cards they can possibly introduce like per year, I would imagine is much lower. Um, so that's, uh, that, 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 those are my thoughts on Hearthstone. It's uh it's interesting. It'll be, uh, I'll be interested to see where they go, especially with uh, new sets. There's a new set right now, uh, that, uh, but I just started playing it as it came out. So it all seems the same to me. So I haven't really seen any uh, change in, how people play or what what they're actually what's new that's introduced that's being introduced
0: yeah like the the new set came out and like a lot of people are, are picking it up now the one interesting thing and the weird thing about this set is that you get the whole set if you complete all the quests you know so you have every card from that set when you pay like it's like 20 bucks mm-hmm. and then you go through all the quests and you get the cards as you go um but, but so everybody has these cards, and I and I feel like a lot of them are showing up a lot, um, and I'm just wondering like how long until something new happens, you know? And that's just kind of I don't know the thing is like is like I, is 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 it going to stagnate like something like standard? Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to actually know the basic archetypes and like the basic like heroes and what they uh you know what cards those decks would have like i've started including like more four power cards in my deck because the priest decks run shadow word pain and shadow word death i believe are the cards and one of them destroys a minion with three or less power one destroys a minion with five or more power so I played, like, a four-power creature against them, and it sat there the entire game. And I was like, this is brilliant. I need to add <laughs> more of these. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea. So, like, it's just interesting some of the choices that I'm making, um, you know, based on uh, based on that, um, like, based on just, like, knowing some of the decks and stuff like that. Um, I like the fact that you can complete the quests and earn, like, gold for three wins, whether you're in casual or ranked. Mm-hmm. Because there's some days where I just don't feel like uh, dealing with ranked. Um, I don't know, just because it's, the, deck, the, the you know, obviously it's ranked. It's, it's the more competitive side. So sometimes I just like to grind out the casual room and just get gold and stuff like that. Um, I'm sitting at, like, 15 right now, rank. I don't know where you're at with it.
1: Uh, I think 16 or 17. I'm not really sure.
0: Yeah. It feels like you hit a wall kind of fast on it. Like where you're kind of teetering between levels um, because like the the decks just get so much better as you get up through the ranks. Um, And the other thing that I just I don't know that I'm not necessarily a fan of but is interesting about the game is that there is no like tournament system right now in-game, you know, which is weird, you know, it's just, like, weird to not have, like, an event you can play in, you know,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: like, other than, like, the arena, you know, but other than that, like, there's no, like, constructed events, it's just, like, play against somebody.
1: Infinite two-man queues, based on your rank, yeah.
0: Basically, yeah, exactly, and that's cool, you know, um, that's, that's fine, but, uh, I do kind of, like, the tournament structure a little bit and like maybe pay to enter and get a prize payout. I do enjoy that about magic online, you know? Um, now speaking of magic online, yeah. Uh, version four has hit us. Mm -hmm. We are in it. Uh, but you know, like, like I just was saying me and Steven haven't been in it. I think it's fine because I like, as soon as they did the first wide beta, I just switched to it. I was like, well, if this is happening, I'm just going to switch over to it and learn it now. And I don't ever, I never used keyboard shortcuts on Magic Online. I just sit there and click, click, mm. click, click, click. Like I click. It's like like crazy. So, so I, there was nothing for me to unlearn other than positioning stuff, you know, of like where things are located. And I know that that's some of your complaints about it. But anyway, I'm going to give you the floor because I know you've got, You've got a little bit to say about uh, version four.
1: So, yeah, uh, so um, I I actually tweeted about this uh, earlier this week, or I don't even know if it was last week, but uh, I actually got because you know uh, MTGO will send you monthly or biweekly. I'm not even sure updates on you know what cards you're overdrafting and lifetime packs one stuff like that. Um, and so I tweeted that like the reason I hadn't been playing was. Um, because my lifetime total packs one is at one, three, three, seven right now, uh, which is true, <laughs> but, um, and I, I, haven't played since then that was as of uh, the 21st. Uh, I have definitely been playing more Hearthstone than either MTGO or, you know, MTG IRL. Um, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, so I mentioned some of the, the issues there's multiple, I guess, chicken or egg recursive chicken eggs, uh, going on here. Um, so as I mentioned last episode, like, a, like testing online has not been very productive. Uh, the, there's been a substantial decline in the quality of decks and the play that I've been seeing online, um, and I, I have a – and I mentioned – I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week, but there was uh, several tweets of several, uh, you know, high-level pro players that kind of speak to this. So I'm going to – I have a few tweets pulled up here that I'm actually going to read um, – so we've got uh, <laughs> we got one from Brad Nelson and he says uh, this is from August 20th uh, honestly, I am a slave to needing Moto recording testing and doing my job If it wasn't for that, I would strictly play in real life
0: um, Wow and he's like didn't he become Brad Nelson yeah he's
1: f- 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 freak yeah he yeah, was, yeah yeah he came he's he's from MtJ
0: he was like uh, one of the first like real big crossover. Uh, players, right? who yeah. kind of made a name for himself online and then crossed over to paper and really broke out, right? He's yeah. the first one I ever heard of, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so.
1: So I've got another one, Exhibit B. Uh, Owen Turtenwald from August 16th, 2014. Um, he says, I haven't opened MTGO in weeks, which is sad because it was once my favorite thing to do. That's not too good. Uh, we've got uh, our good friend, Paulo Vitor, <laughs> PVDDR. Uh, On August 21st, he, uh, (laughs) this is kind of funny, uh, given our uh, conversation today, Uh, so far while playing Hearthstone, I've already been paired against two MTG pros who would probably be playing MTGO instead if it was better. That's pretty bad. And uh, we've got Eric Froelich, uh, EFRO Poker, on August 21st. He says, "Uh, the MTG section of my Twitter stream was formerly flooded with 100% version 4 complaints. It's down to only 50% now, and the other 50% is Hearthstone. <laughs> so that's kind of an issue. Um, <laughs>
0: wow, yeah, that's that's not good.
1: That's like, I mean, that's damning. That's like really bad. I, it, you know, so it, it feels, it's a little reassuring. It's not just me that uh, <laughs> that's like kind of um, <laughs> just not playing MTGO recently when before I was you know, certifiably addicted. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a number of issues uh, with uh, – V4 is kind of a catalyst, um, and that, that just – there's a change from V3. And, I mean, at heart, the product isn't that bad. It's just that uh, – and there was a really great post on the Wizards message boards, and I'll have to try to find it uh, for a link for the show notes. But it, it kind of sums up what the real problem was. Um, aside from just the bugs, uh, <laughs> V4 has been substantially more buggy than V3. I mean, just crashes – um, just substantially more crashes uh, and errors and uh, just event problems than even V3, and that was when they had enough problems that they had to cancel the Magic Online Championship series as well as uh, online PTQs, which have uh, both yet to return. Um,
0: they announced the return of PTQs, so. Yeah, they,
1: they haven't come back yet though.
0: But they announced the return. I can't remember when it's supposed to be. Maybe like in September or something. But. Oh yeah,
1: but they they've said like leagues are coming back and a bunch of other things and. Uh, I, it just, they have not earned, uh, the people from uh, MTGO have not earned my trust in uh, <laughs> keeping to a, a, a timeline on on feature improvements for the, or these aren't even improvements, these are just returns to what they once had. Um, right. And yeah, so the, basically the post just kind of pointed out kind of some of the obvious flaws with v4 that were mostly just aesthetic. Like they, the it's not a bad layout in and of itself if you're used to it, but it just needlessly changes a lot of just not even functions or features, but just moves things around just unnecessarily. So there's different uh, templates, layouts, um, where things are totally different. Um, It just takes a lot of invested, I mean, just thousands, if not millions of man hours invested by your user base that is, uh, you know, providing you with a substantial amount of revenue and kind of just flushing that down the toilet. It's, it's, it's kind of akin to what happened with, um, is it Windows 8 where yes. they had the Metro screen and they decided, uh, you know, that uh, more than a decade and like I think billions of man hours of using the uh, the Windows Easily. button and the and the, the start, yeah, of <laughs> the start toolbar, you know, all that that we have invested, uh, that, you know, our competitive advantage, you know, because that, that's the competitive advantage. It's the switching cost between using Windows and another operating system is that you've invested years of your life uh, becoming used to it and, and, and integrating it into your um, you know, what, what you do on a computer uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, and you just flush that down the toilet and just reset everything. And so you're, you're, you're just basically something that Apple could have never have hoped for, which is to get people to switch, even if, no matter how good a product you had, if you're Apple, if you're Linux, if you're whomever making a competing operating system, no matter how good a product you had, you just had a humongous switching cost Um, towards uh, the people that have invested so much time in just getting familiar with your product, and that's exactly what V4 is. I've had... It's it's the Windows 8 (laughs) of of magic. It's just, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it.
0: Uh, I've had Windows 8 on my computer for... I I got my computer in, like, November or something, or maybe beginning of December, and... um, I have no idea how to find Microsoft Paint. <laughs>
2: I have no <laughs> idea.
0: I don't know where it is. I have no idea how to find Microsoft Paint. I'm like I'm like I'll click on the start button. Oh, it took me to this ugly screen. Ugh, and I'm like i like as soon as I go to that screen, I'm like desktop, desktop, like a, like lunging for the desktop button. Like I refuse to use that ugly screen and those like cell phone apps on my I don't want to use apps. I want to use the Computer programs because I bought a computer. Like, if I wanted to use apps, I'd get a tablet. And if I had a tablet, I'd love Windows 8 on my tablet. But I don't have a touchscreen laptop. I could have got one, but I was like, why would I want to touch the screen of my laptop? I'm never going to clean it right now, anyway. Like, I'm never going to clean it if it's a touchscreen and it's going to get so dirty. Um, so anyway, I
1: don't know. I- yeah, so yeah, I'm just trying to say that like even if you have something and and believe me, V3 was ugly. Uh <laughs> it's not a very good looking program. It it looks like something from MS-DOS Windows 3.1 days, but e- so obviously the uh image of it, the aesthetics of it could definitely be improved. But when you do that, you have to take it into consideration. You should probably try to change like the interface for your, I guess, core user base as little as, as, as humanly possible, just so you can, I mean, that's the, that, that, that would be like, that's, I guess your, your rule number one should be do no harm to the people paying you right now, uh, which is the people that play magic, the gathering for countless hours, grinding countless number of tickets, uh, annually to you. Um, that, that should be just rule number one with any kind of update. Uh, unless you're making it just – it's a rehaul and it's just substantially better and uh, it will bring in so many new users uh, it, it, that the revenue from them will just make up the difference. And it's it's so easy to use that the uh, current user base will be able to pick it up much easily, but it, much more easily. But that's just not the case whatsoever. It's just as intimidating, just as difficult to use for a completely new user. But now you've just taken – the people that were using your program so much and, and you know uh, the providing you the majority of your revenue and completely alienating them. I just, uh, I, I, yeah. So, I, and I try to, I want to give them um, you know, the, some sort of slack and some sort of uh, benefit of the doubt, but you know, because it, it's incredibly, and I can understand incredibly difficult to uh, digitize magic, the gathering, there's just so much going on on every single turn that it's, it's, it's a really hard game to digitize, uh, and the fact is, you know, uh, t- I don't know at the beginning when they were first making the game in 1990 was a three four I'm not even sure. Yeah,
2: nine, 93 I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, they you know they didn't have any of this in mind when they were originally designing the game. Uh, they, they they weren't worried at all like how well how would you trans how would you translate these different phases of the game into you know uh, software. I mean. That just wasn't a thought, but now you actually have to make it so that every single card in the history of the game, uh, outside of anti-cards, I guess, in some other cases, um, ha- make them, you know, digital. And so I understand that. That's that's very difficult. And that's usually kind of if you listen to any podcasts or interviews with developers um, or anyone from uh, Wizards of the Coast that that works on it, you know, that's kind of like what they talk about. But um, – and so you, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. But then you see – some of the other work that the digital team does, I don't know if it's the same team or not, but uh, they they recently redesigned their their main website, uh, DailyMTG.com. Yeah. And it's horrible. <laughs> it's just uh, – it, 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 all the benefit of the doubt I wanted to give them just, just completely flies out the window. And it just makes it seem much more likely that they just don't have anyone on staff or they don't make it a priority to – have anyone with any sort of skills in terms of user interface
0: <laughs> i hate to complain i hate when people when things change mm-hmm. and then everyone complains because like magic is really all about change Yeah. in terms of like you know the game has been around for forever all that magic can do is change because it's, it's it, it'll die 20 otherwise 20 plus year old game exactly the moment that magic stops evolving is the moment it dies but with all that said, I hate the new website. Yeah. I despise the new website with every fiber of my being. Yeah. And, I, and I hate to be that guy. I hate <laughs> to be that guy so much, but I really do. I really don't like it at all.
1: I'm, um, I'm not stupid. I use the internet to look up information for my job and – I had a very hard time. I felt stupid trying to look up some top eight deck lists from the last (laughs) GP. That's just insane.
0: It really is. No, it's, it's just really bad. It's just, it's, yeah, it's like, the most user unfriendly website that I've maybe ever used other than like hell.com,
2: which is <laughs> meant for you to
0: not be able to figure it out. Like, I mean, like, seriously, like, like, I don't think anything since hell.com has baffled me more.
1: Yeah. So there's there's two competing uh, uh, theses, I guess, you know, on <laughs> why does Magic the Gathering Online suck? Uh, you know, thesis A, which um, is what most of the developers would tell you, is just that it's really hard and uh, people aren't giving them enough credit for how hard it is to digitize this game. And then the the other thesis that, you know, a, a lot of people want to just jump to is that you guys just either aren't making a priority, aren't allocating enough resources, or don't have the people that can make a user-friendly product um, <laughs> or even a product that works at times. And when I see the, the new website, it makes me less likely to believe the first thesis and more likely to believe the uh, the, the haters and doomsayer thesis.
0: Yeah, yeah. In, in a way, me too. I mean, like I, I'm a lot more optimistic about the the you know the new client than you are but mm-hmm. yeah i mean like looking at the website if it's the same team then it kind of makes me go well i guess if this,
1: i don't know if it's the, the guys, same team. i, I have, know
0: but i'm like yeah. if these are the guys that worked on the program working on the website well yeah I, I if someone
1: at that building in that building thinks this is an acceptable product then that explains why they think mtgo is an acceptable product for public consumption
0: right so um you know and now uh, so anyway just trying to ch- just but there's hope. There is, there is. Well, moving to, you know, moving from that a little bit, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the client maybe being one of the reasons why um, you know, we've, we've moved on to Hearthstone. For me, I can honestly say that it was just a total coincidence like that, you know, people hate uh, V4 and are playing Hearthstone. I don't have necessarily any opinion about v4 versus v3 or you know it's obvious that they that there is an idealistic vision of a better magic online but there's an idealistic vision of a better everything yeah you know um but like uh i'm okay with v4 but i just happen to click on hearthstone and start playing it and really enjoy it and have ran with it you know, that's my reason for playing. But, like, you know, another reason why another contributing factor uh, to people moving from Magic Online to Hearthstone could be uh, the current standard environment. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, so it's just uh, – there's – I don't know. Standard – and I'm and again, like, I've never – oh, I have been. I'm not going to say I've never been because there are a million people listening to this show. That's enough. Most exaggerated number I've ever thrown out, <laughs> but there there are literally dozens of people. Okay, that mm-hmm. listen to YoMTG Taps. That would be like, uh, you made a petition to have Bloodbraid Elf banned in Standard, um, and uh, I did, and and I felt like it was the correct thing, and they didn't do it. Um, and I thought that was a mistake and now it's banned in modern, which is a Ah. much more powerful format. So obviously I had a point, but anyway, um, and it wasn't so much about, uh, bloodbred elf is so good. It was just all everyone's like Jund is the only deck that's winning tournaments. Everyone's playing Jund, you know, like keep things fresh, you know, in a format that doesn't have a lot of room to grow due to the limitations of the format, you know, bannings are a good thing to keep things fresh, but anyway, so uh, you know, right now there is a very, very stale standard format um, not a there's sta- not a format that isn't diverse because this is one of the most diverse standard formats I've seen in a long time, in terms of like the just sheer number of decks that there are. There are a lot of decks There really are, but there are about four that are going to win tournaments. And that's kind of been standard for a long time Um, where, you know, one deck comes out. It's really good. Everyone starts playing it. There's a deck that beats that deck. Everyone starts playing that. And there's two decks. And then there's one deck that comes out of left field and starts beating those decks. And then there's three decks. And then like, you know, and those are the three good decks, and that kind of happens. Those decks change. Every once in a while, a new set will come out that'll shake it up a little bit. But for the most part, not really. For the most part, those decks continue to be the good decks all the way through till the end. Uh, typically, with the release of the core set prior to rotation, we see a little bit of change. Um, that is the traditional thing, and it hasn't happened this time, really. Nope. You know, it really hasn't. Um, and... Um, and I have no problem with it. I used to. This is this is the time, like, or, or not this time of year, but like this is the kind of standard format where I would, if in the past, I would have been up in arms and calling for everything to be banned, you know. Um, but I don't feel like that right now. I, I honestly like this standard, which I'm probably one of the few. <laughs> but I, but that's because I've taught myself to like standard. I have. Like I used to just hate standard for this very reason. Um, but I've learned to. Appreciate the subtleties and the nuances of the format, and, and of and of the staleness. I've embraced the staleness, um, but you know a lot of people haven't. A lot of me, uh, me, yeah, I have
1: not. <laughs>
0: so, so anyway, so so like you know, um, and I had some ideas, but I want to hear your thoughts on standard first, and then I'll you know. sure,
1: yeah. So I mean, my only problem is just that. Normally, it's a kind of like a maybe one deck will last multiple like you know a couple seasons and be like the best deck. But then uh, the challengers to that status will kind of rotate in and out. Whereas pretty much from the get-go with the release of Theros, it's been mono blue, you know the the so-called holy trinity of mono blue aggro, Esper control, and mono black, and it's kind of been that way the entirety of the standard season mm-hmm. and it's it, and i'm just I'm, I'm, I'm especially biased towards uh formats that are pretty stale because i like to brew decks i like to brew decks to beat the best decks but um especially with mono black aggro that one's just tough because it's really hard to other than burn i guess um brew something that beats Thoughtseize, because Thoughtseize <laughs> just gets played on turn one and discards whatever it is you're trying to do. Right. Uh, or, you know, Lifebane Zombie, there's not really a way to, if you want to play green and white creatures as I am wont to do, uh, there's not really a good way to design a deck that uh, that that's not weak to that, other than just playing a bunch of, you know, like some of the Naya mid-range decks that are just all Planeswalkers, basically. Um, yeah. So, and the, the other problem with since I've, I've been playing Burn a lot in Standard, yeah. is that uh, the one thing I was very discouraged from the most recent uh, Pro Tour was actually uh, the w- the one main new deck was the Rabble Red, and you would think that'd be great for Burn, seeing like a new deck that you have a great matchup against, but unfortunately, uh, the way that Mono Black uh, tweaks its deck to beat Rabble Red just Unloads a ton of splash damage on burn. So they start playing Farika's cure um, and other cards are just generally good against you and then now your What was a really good matchup in mono black is now not as much and then all the decks that uh, You that, that suppose the new deck that you would beat uh, rabble red uh, Just don't, don't even make it that far in the tournament because mono black just you can tweak it such that you can crush your uh, rabble red opponent and um, yeah, I'm just not a fan of the the current standard format. I it's it's hard to it's hard to say why because there are a lot of decks you can reasonably play to a decent f- finish, and maybe if you if the, the stars align, uh, potentially win a tournament. But I really feel like when I'm like trying out new decks right now, I'm. Uh, and maybe I'm just better now and I realize this is what I've been doing the entire time, but I feel like you're just brewing just for the sake of brewing. Yeah. Um. If there's like a, like if there's a tournament, um, if there's like a tournament next week and your life absolutely depended upon it uh, and you want deck recommendation from me, I would just tell you to play the best version of Mono Black for the current meta. Like, like, that's just what I would tell you to do. Yeah. Um, if I was being honest with myself. And right. so, yeah, there's all these like, Kind of different decks and kind of interesting decks like, um, you know, there's like a wild rug tokens deck with young pyromancer and hornet's nest and a bunch of other weird stuff. Uh, that's, you know, it's pretty neat. There's that no limit soldiers deck, which I played at uh, game day to an O2 drop uh, severely hungover, though, I should say. Um, and does
0: it play um, the, uh, does it play Rootborne defenses? No. <laughs> so you can play it and you can go true soldiers. We don't die. But, um, oh
1: my God. It, sorry, yeah. I, no. I had to
0: throw a
2: mystical reference in, man. Thank
1: sure. You. Thank you. No, I mean, it's a great deck name. I mean, that's, that's half the reason to play is no limit soldiers. That's just really? a great deck name. Really? Uh, but like, there's so many decks you can play that are reasonable right now. Like even like Esper humans is reasonable right now. Uh, mono red devotion. There's so many decks that people just aren't even playing. Um, but they're playing rabble red instead, which I think has just as good chance as any of these other semi fringe decks. Mm. Um, but it really, at its heart, it feels like you're just – you're playing a different deck just to play. It's like whenever uh, Delver was really good and people tried to play other decks. Yeah, so anyway, uh, uh, standard's really boring. Uh, but uh, I'm basically just waiting it out till rotation.
0: Well, see, and just kind of to get back to the thing you were saying about um... – brewing for the sake of brewing (laughs) like no really um i mean i talked about a lot of this in my article like my article was about bad brews for m15 Mm -hmm. my my article from last week and like more than half of the article was a rant about steven um playing bad decks when he should have just been playing burn (laughs) um i don't know if you actually read it i know you didn't i don't know why i'm even saying i don't know if you read it i know you didn't but, um <laughs> but, uh, no, but really my point my point throughout the whole thing was, um, you know, I used to brew decks a lot, and I used to make decks and 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 Stephen does have a real great knack for brewing decks, um, mm-hmm. you know, he brews some really cool decks, he I mean, you basically brewed mono blue devotion, right,
1: yeah, so I've actually, so I'd say one of every four um brews turns out to be uh really good and maybe like a week or two ahead of the meta but unfortunately I only get like I I don't have enough free time to actually get a deck 100% of the way there and tuned I usually only have enough time to get like 75% of the way there but I know the idea is really good and it it could potentially have really favorable matchups versus a majority of the field uh, so that might be an issue uh either spend the time to actually tune it to 100% or just move on or, and play a deck that's reasonable and has decent matchups and I knows 100% of the way there right which burn was but you know mm-hmm. at different times of during standard i had you know mono blue um burn before you know originally i had burn before that was actually like a thing um and then and, but it still wasn't 100% of the way there and then like re- more recently naya tokens um the deck i ended up playing at the most recent SEG was actually um probably like 10 cards off so not not really all that close but it was basically naya tokens with uh, quarter calling in it. And I thought that was really cool and a good idea. And it just crashed and burned. It was, I needed to take out else, but there's a number of changes I needed to make. I just didn't have time to actually tune it um, hundred percent. Right. But there's actually like, I think two or three decks that are basically Naya tokens with quarter calling in the uh, pro tour um, decks with like 18 points or better from the constructed nice. section.
2: Nice.
1: So, I mean, it was almost there. Uh, <laughs> and that was one of the last few, uh, I'd say, out there decks that I thought was a decent idea that I was working on that wasn't just for the sake of brewing. That was, that's the reason I haven't been playing. That's yet another reason I've been playing magic a lot recently, or at least standard is that there, the reward does not seem very high for brewing right now. It's incredibly low. And every time I I, I put together these like kind of out there decks and start testing them, I'm just like, yeah, I know this isn't going anywhere. I'm just doing this just because I don't want to (laughs) play one of the uh, already established decks.
0: I feel like the time, like I have been brewing decks right now. And the reason why I'm brewing decks is because I want things to play at FNM before Mm -hmm. rotation. Like I'm not brewing decks to change the meta game. Yeah. You know, I'm not brewing decks to take to competitive events. I'm, I'm at this point in my magic playing non-existent career career would imply you make money doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I most certainly do not do that.
1: Can you pay um, the rent in uh boosters from FM?
0: I used to pay the rent in uh in uh in buy lists, man. <laughs> but uh straight up, not even not even lying. Thank you, John Medina. Uh so um but words, words, words. I'm not editing this, so you get to hear my mess ups. Um
1: I just peel back but, the third ball there.
0: Yeah, well, when I um <laughs>
1: Is it third or fourth? Oh man! Even...
0: Peel back the third wall. The
1: third wall. Yeah. We live in a two D world. Oh
0: man! Oh, that's good. Um, no, but uh, I've I've really like been okay with playing what I feel is the best deck. You know, like, I mean, like, I, I mean, I did play green black devotion, but green was a real green Devotion's a real deck. It's a real
2: deck. Yeah.
0: Um, but I was playing, you know, a version of it that I thought was good and it was a tuned list. And I, I have no regrets about that, but I would just as easily pick up Esper Control if I could stand the mirror or like blue mono blue devotion or mono black devotion. I played mono black devotion for most of the standard, you know, and um, and I don't feel dirty. Like yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with playing the best deck, um, and and I'm, and I really am. And, and and I used to not be that way, but I just feel like it's okay to play the best deck, and especially in a format like this that doesn't change. Because yeah. like, like blue devotion just crushes innovation because it's so consistent. It's so ridiculously consistent and good. Um,
1: blue devotion or black
0: blue devotion
1: I think that, I think you I think what you're saying describes black but not blue.
0: no but I'm, I'm black is is three weeks into a new set, the best deck but for week one, it's been blue devotion man. It's been blue devotion at like the top of the at the top of the like standings and didn't blue devotion win scG Dallas? Yeah, it did. So, that's what I'm saying. It's like, Blue Devotion is so ridiculously consistent that there might be a few things that throw Black Devotion off, but Blue Devotion just does its thing. Blue Devotion is almost like a combo deck. It just does not care what you're doing. It's like, okay, that's great. I'm going to win. And like, and you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to Genesis Hydra for this. Yeah, that's cool. My creatures are unblockable, and I'm going to swing past it and win.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I talked about this, uh, or I texted you this, but if I play another standard event before rotation, it's, I think I'm going to play the blue white control deck that won the pro tour. <laughs> you I should. think, I, yeah, I, I think I just want to take out all my, my hate. And this is, this is what the standard this has This standard metagame has done to me. I think it's warped me. It's made me into a cruel and, and uh anti-social individual. And I just want to, if I'm going to brew or I'm going to play an established deck, I want to make the experience of my opponent, I guess as miserable as possible. I'm, have you ever seen the movie uh, Taxi, or is it Taxi Cab? No, Taxi. Taxi the, driver. Taxi driver. Yeah. There's the scene where he's like driving through the streets of New York, and he's like, you know, this you know, the scum come out at night, um, and that's the yeah, that's how I feel. It's like you know the the mono blue, the esper, the mono black. <laughs> One day a rain's gonna come, wash them all away. That's how I feel about like that's that's like that's like where I'm at right now with standard and the metagame. I'm just like a rain should come. Oh, wash it all away. Well, you know, that's, and, that's how I feel about rotation. I'm waiting. That's the rain that I'm waiting for.
0: Well, you know, and, and and this is something, it's so funny that, like, you know, we're getting to the announcement in case anyone's going, okay, already, are you getting there? Yeah, we're getting there. But um, just yesterday, before uh, Morrow made his announcement today, um, I was talking to Steven. I, I texted Steven about recording today, and I was like, hey, I've got this idea, but I just want to sp- spring it on you. You know, rather than tell you about it right now, I want to tell you about it on the podcast. So, what I was thinking about is, like, while I don't mind the standard format, and I am okay with the fact that some decks are just the best decks and will be for the entire standard format, um, one of the things that Wizards could do before rotation, and this was my idea before the announcement, was that with the release of the core set, Wizards could ban a ton of cards, like just, I mean, just because it's gonna be for three for like three months, right? It's not gonna be for like the entirety of Standard. Your your any of your value like desecration demons already back to like three bucks. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. these cards have come back down to earth. So like for the sake of you know diversity, just like we're releasing M fifteen. Oh yeah, and Pack Rat, Jace Architect of Thought. You know just like go down the list just just like ban like key cards from every deck like just a just like a twelve card banned list for just that like pre
1: rotation almost.
0: Yes, no, ex- yeah, pretty much. Like just kind of, just kind of. Let's see what happens when we do this. And it's not like there's gonna be this maximum impact. And don't ban anything from the set that's gonna stay, so it doesn't lead to any confusion when rotation happens. And it's like we're unbanning these cards. You know what I mean? Because like once they yeah. rotate out of standard, they're gone anyway. So you could just like ban desecration demon, you know, um, ban frostburn burn weird. I mean like weird stuff, just like ban a bunch of, ban night veil vale specter, you know, I'm just saying like, like just throw a ton of bands out you know ban boros charm ban like just things like not even cards that are killing the meta game or or just just ban like the key cards in every single deck and change the format for that couple of months just so things aren't like okay we're so done with this when are we going to have rotation you know and i thought that was a really cool idea
1: i i think uh wizard's implementation or interpretation of that and their solution to that is uh much more elegant and I, I like it a lot more. So
2: yeah, sure. Have so, you
1: have you read it? Do you know could you would you be able to, to walk yeah, the listeners through it?
0: Absolutely. So um uh today Mark Rosewater announced that uh beginning with the uh fall of twenty fifteen we are going to see major changes to standard. Um so um starting in the fall of two thousand fifteen well first of all uh Magic twenty sixteen Will be the final core set. No more core sets. That's just weird to kind of. To grasp. And I actually almost. I'm not even going to lie. I almost teared up saying that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to, it's not like I'm even going to miss it. It's just like, I've been playing since fourth edition. You know, I've been playing since revised, uh, you know, fourth edition was out in packs, you know, revised. I could still get packs, but they were like seven bucks. So i never spent that much money on packs. What a ripoff. Um, but like, you know, fourth edition was the first core set that I played with. And, like, Magic 2016 is going to be the final core set. Um, And starting with uh, the fall set in 2015, there will be two set blocks. So a block, instead of being large set, small set, small set, or large set, small set, large set, every block is going to be large set, small set. And then, you know... And it's a large set in the fall, small set in the winter. And then in the spring, it'll be a second large set. And then summer, instead of a core set, will be the second small set. Um, and then uh, rotation for standard will happen uh, twice per year. Rotation will happen in the fall and in the spring. So uh, the way this is going to work, basically, is... Um, cons is coming out in the fall and then in january we're getting the um the second set in the cons block and for all of us podcasters who have to try to find things to talk about in january we thank you wizards of the Coast. Hmm. we thank you from the bottom of our hearts um and then the third set comes out in march i believe and that's going to be i think It's going to be another large set, I believe, and it's a weird set, and we don't know anything about this yet. But it's a weird set, apparently. Um, And then in the twenty sixteen summer, yeah, it'll be
1: corset M sixteen, and then
0: and then in the fall, um, rotation will happen, and the sets that will rotate. Well, no, no, nothing. Okay, so Theros will rotate in the fall of twenty fifteen. Um, And then um, be large set and then small set. And then in the spring of 2016, we're going to lose cons and the second set. But we're still going to have the third set and the core set Mm -hmm. all the way until fall, which is a little odd. But they said it was easier than waiting another year to to actually start this. So, but that set is meant as a standalone set anyway, and it won't be too strange.
1: Yeah, um, there's there's some really great animations on the sets coming in and out. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, 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 so if you if you can, you should probably read the, the the article.
0: Absolutely, read the article that Mark Rosewater posted, and read every single word of it because it means a lot to us. Um, so so there will only be three sets, three blocks legal in standard at any given time. So standards going to rotate more frequently innovations are going to come more rapidly. Uh, the format's going to be smaller, which I love. Um, and I think this is one of the best announcements that wizards for all the bad announcements, or at least for <laughs> all the, for all the publicly perceived bad announcements that wizards have made over the past couple months. I personally loved the no modern in the pro tours, but that's just me. Um, even though I do like modern now. Um, <laughs> uh, I still like just standard because I like watching standard. I like modern, but I don't know. There's there's other things to watch modern on. Um, anyway, um, this is like the best announcement and the best change that Wizards has made in a very long time.
1: I, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, and it's actually getting, for, for almost any major announcement from Wizards I can remember, it's at least somewhat controversial. Someone doesn't like it. I can... Actually, literally, I haven't been able to see anyone that 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 said that doesn't like just universally like this or unanimously like this uh, change. Uh, and I think it helps a lot, but given where our standard is right now, um, <laughs> so I mean, I think they, you know, whenever and this kind of goes back to our previous discussion on uh, MTGO, but it, it it really does seem like whenever uh, when R and makes a decision. Or a change, it is there. There you you can there's just, it's just evidence that they're always thinking. Well, how can we make the people that play this game happier? How can they? How can we make them enjoy this game more? It's just every decision they make ultimately seems that way. You know, like uh, um but, you know changing the legendary role that was a really you know in retrospect a really unfun interaction where I have a legendary creature. Oh, you cast your like oh no, mine's mine's dead now. Like we can't have two of those on the same. You know, and it's just a, you know intuitive and it was is I, I ultimately. I think it is very beneficial, and this just seems to be more the same. I think this really—it's um, a big change, but it's something that addresses a really obvious problem. But if I, I could see a world where they had too much inertia, where it would be—it's it, because it, it is a very large. It's a very large change to fix a very obvious problem that uh, Magic has currently with the fact that you know. Core sets never really get opened all that much. People don't really play it all that much. Um, but they have to put a whole lot of work into making it a balanced, limited format. And standard gets really stale. Um, and, you know, they, they also mentioned some other things in the, the article, such as they want their overarching story to be told at a more rapid pace. And so now they get two new uh, sets a year. And they, they also happen to mention, and this is something they alluded to that I didn't really see a lot of discussion about was that they're, they're also working on a separate product for new players.
0: Yeah, it was only mentioned in the article, but I totally caught that too.
1: Yeah, so that's why they're okay with axing the corset. So the corset was, you know, it's supposed to be for newer players, so they try to keep it less complex. Um, but, you know, in my experience, in terms of going to, like, pre-releases for, you know, M15 versus uh, Theros, I mean, I see just as many new players that haven't played in, like, a new... You know, in a competitive tournament, I see just as many people signing up uh, for DCI numbers at you know expert level, quote unquote expansions uh, and pre-releases than I do at the. It, it just didn't seem like the whole point of having the set just doesn't exist, really.
0: It doesn't anymore. No, it really doesn't.
1: And uh, there, another little uh, tidbit of information that not from this article, but uh, Wizards of the Coast actually applied for a trademark on. Uh, magic origins. So I'm assuming that's the product that they're working on for new players. Um, and so I think that's what they're they're actually doing. And the the other thing that was interesting is that they they also mentioned is that they had gotten a lot of mileage or uh they had some more success than they necessarily expected uh revisiting old worlds such as with Scars of Mirrodin and Return to Ravnica. Those are yeah. big really big successes. And so they said given that we can you know plot out just based on returning to previous planes or worlds or whatever that they've created that people enjoyed, they could you know set out almost you know the next ten years. So I you know I'm assuming there's a return to Innistrad in there somewhere, um, and probably even a return to Theros. I thought that was a, a great set and probably worthy of returning to. Um, but that that's the other thing about am sure is does that included in the is that going to be the normal set or because the name Magic Origins seems to point towards revisiting those sets but i'm not really sure but that Reprint, was the other right thing
0: reprinting power nine <laughs> yeah right
1: yeah just getting rid of the uh the restricted list reserved no i don't I, I was it reserved list yeah <laughs> um I, I don't think so but anyway i really like the change i think it's uh i think it's great i have no complaints zero complaints
0: did i, did I ever tell you my um my proposed uh my proposed reprints for power nine and the original duels and for everything that like has value on the reserved list, Mm -hmm. reprint them with pink borders.
1: Ooh. Why don't they just make the uh, collector's edition legal?
0: They might at some point, which is why those cards are actually
1: worth money. That'd be so sweet. I've got like, I don't have the power nine in that, but I have like a lot of the moxes
0: and they're worth money.
1: Yeah, they there's yeah, they've gone up a lot actually. It is surprising.
0: Cuz that's it, it, because people are speculating on them eventually making those cards legal considering that like, you know, nobody plays in like a vintage tournament without sleeves.
1: You I, know. That's true. I think people will just use them as like nice-looking proxies in commander is what I assume.
0: Mhm. Well, yeah, there's that too and that's a that's certainly a useful a use a useful use.
1: Um, but yeah, so I, I, see that and it, 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 it gives me hope because, uh, wizards, at least on the paper side, when they see a problem, when they see something that could definitely be improved, they're not afraid to make dramatic changes to fix it. Right. And so they cannot possibly be unaware of the problems on the digital side. Um, so I, I have to imagine that's near, um, You know, somewhere near the top of their list, and I—that gives me hope that at some point in the future, they will make dramatic changes to address it. Uh, Although it has not—I mean, the track record of R&D for paper has been almost pristine in the in the recent past, and it has been the opposite for digital. So that that might not be the case, and I can I can see why because if you mess up the paper product then that's the foundation. The whole house collapses. Uh, the, right. the, the digital product does not matter whatsoever. If, um, I don't know, you somehow screw up the, the paper product. Like you, I don't know. someone was talking about like, you know, it's an amazing thing. I think it was, um, John Laux. Uh, I was listening to an interview with him. And, you know, it's just, that it was an amazing thing that, you know, they've never missed uh, a release date because that would just be absolutely disastrous. Um, so, you know, if that ever happened, yeah, that would be even, you know, there just wouldn't be anything to play digitally. So, uh, you have to get the paper product, right. And fortunately they have, so, and, and they're, they're willing to make big changes to address obvious problems or issues that could make, uh, the player experience better on the paper side. And so they have to be aware of the, the problems on the digital side. So that's, that is the kernel of hope that I'm, uh, I'm clinging to as an avid (laughs) or formerly avid MTGO player.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, this is great and I'm excited and, um, I love small formats. So keeping the format small and, and frequent rotation is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, I don't, you know, again, like I said, like me calling for not calling for, but me suggesting that system of bannings right before rotation mm-hmm. it was just a way, just an idea to keep the format fresh or to like reinvigorate players who might be completely checked out and just waiting for rotation, you know, but this, this totally solves it. And, and I'm so happy they went with this and not my idea because it's way better. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's cool. Um, so, um, those are the major topics. We've got a couple more things, um, we want to talk about, um, We're going to be in two weeks – well, next week is the start of uh, spoiler season officially Mm -hmm. for cons. Um, Our next episode will come out in two weeks, and we will be going over pretty much spoilers exclusively unless something else groundbreaking happens in the next two weeks.
1: So Uh, are we doing an episode next week or the week after? uh,
0: We're going to do an episode in two weeks. Okay. uh, Uh, that will be released on the 11th. Oh, okay. And then we will also do a second podcast uh, to be released on the 18th. Gotcha. So so two straight weeks of spoiler episodes because last time we wound up having to do a three-hour episode because we wanted to talk about everything. So instead of doing that this time, we're actually going to give ourselves two straight weeks of episodes so we can go with that. And also conveniently, so I can write my next article that would post on the 25th, on my 36-hour bus ride home from Baltimore. So that's perfect. Um, uh, so, yeah. so uh, But we got a couple little spoilers uh, that we want to talk about. Um, you know what? Let's skip these. Yeah. Let's skip these Let's skip these all together. We can talk about the mechanics when we talk about spoilers in two weeks. There are a couple mechanics uh, spoiled for cons. Uh, you all have the internet now. It's the 90s. So look them up. Um, I, what I want to talk about is modern. I just skipped spoiler stuff so we could get modern in on the podcast. I think that needs to be noted. I think that (laughs) needs to be noted, but this is some exciting stuff. Um, speaking of formats that are evolving and innovating, despite still, you know, the best decks being the best decks, because Mm -hmm. that is the way that these sort of things work. Um, but, uh, there was a, uh, where was this, uh, tournament Kobe
1: Kobe, I think, yeah. It's somewhere in Japan kobe it was, yeah. yeah it
0: was kobe-hmm kobe but um
1: <laughs>
0: that's totally what i that's the first
1: I, of many names i'm gonna butcher
0: so uh yeah so anyway um i actually played in a modern tournament Ooh. uh a couple weeks ago i played in a modern fm with uh mono red burn and went three one um did i did I beat you?
1: I did beat you. You did, yeah.
0: Yeah, even without the dragon's claws that you convinced me to, to cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sweet. But um, no, but uh, Steven lent me Mono Red Burn, and uh, I loved it. I loved playing it. I was like, wow. It's just like so, it's such a relief when you have a format with things like Splinter Twin and with Pod and things like that. It's such a relief. To have a format like that, and then have Burn be, like, not just a viable deck, but, like, one of the best decks. Like, um, th- that, to me, is a good format. Where, like, all these cool decks, like, all these decks are happening. They're really super powerful. There's a lot of really strong combo decks. But then Burn can still win.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: And speaking of which, what deck won at Grand Prix
1: I believe it was a Burn deck. A Boros Burn deck, as a matter nice, of fact. Nice.
0: So, you said that... Um, I know I was looking at your notes here, and um, you said that the deck had four leyline Line of Sanctity in the sideboard, and you don't necessarily agree with that?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, it shows how much I know because, I mean, it, it won the tournament, but I had a lot of issues with the the sideboard of that deck. Um, so I want to make sure. Yeah, so, th- so there's two burn decks in the top eight. The one that actually won was piloted by... Would it be better just not even to try. Yeah,
0: ah. don't try. Don't even bother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Congratulations, yeah. player.
1: Yes, I mean they are. They got a trophy. They don't need me to mention their name. They're they're good. Um, it's a pretty standard Boros Burn deck. Uh, it it ran three Boros Charm in the main. That's the only white it used in the main. It uh, it had three Grim Lava Mancer and four Vexing Devil, which I'm not super stoked on. Um, I'd rather just be running more Boros Charm and. Um, I, I've been running uh, the um, Hellspark Elemental. Yeah, I, like uh, I. I just want things I can top deck where they don't have a choice that can potentially just do that damage immediately. Right. Um, so that that that. The, other than that, it's a pretty standard build. Uh, it doesn't run uh, Flames of the Bloodhand, um, which is meh. I'd probably run run that over. I guess, Grim Lava Mancer, sort of the Vaccine Devil, or whatever. Um, it's just really important since, if you expect a lot of uh, pod, which I actually didn't see a lot of in the top 32, I think we only saw like two pod lists. Um, Flames of the Blood Hand is just a great thing to have to hold up versus uh, the arch nemesis of Burn in modern, um, Kitchen Finks.
0: Yes. Oh, <laughs> so, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I, I had my first taste of just how ridiculous Kitchen Finks is.
1: Yeah, and I, I didn't have enough uh, Flames of the Blood Hand to give you any of them. I don't think.
0: No, I think I had one. You had
1: one. Deck. Okay, you had one. Um, because yeah, four Skullcracks not enough. It's that that's it's not. Yeah, that's public enemy number one for the burn deck. It's
2: crazy, man. Uh,
1: but yeah, so the sideboard that's that's where the the difference where he starts to go off the the beaten path with a burn deck. Uh, it's got four Molten Rain, which is fine. Love it. Uh, two Wear and Tear. Uh, four Stony Silence, one Shatterstorm, and four Leyline of Sanctity. And I have problems with all of those cards. Now, uh, I mean,
0: now, see, the thing is, though, like, first of all, just Leyline of Sanctity right off the top, right? I mean, yeah. like, I'm not... I mean, I get, I get your reasons, and I didn't even let you get into them before I cut you off. Mm-hmm. But I get your reasons why you dislike some of these cards in the sideboard of Burn. But... Uh, just want to say about Leyline of Sanctity real quick. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that um, when I was reading your notes, and um, yeah, I mean it stops other burn decks, true. Mm-hmm. Um, it stops Eight Rack, which is a kind of a big deal.
1: Because, no, it's not.
0: But I mean, like, it does. It stops Scapeshift.
1: No, it does not. No. No, they won. They they run Cryptic Command.
0: Oh. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, they can just okay. bounce it, and then next turn, scapeshift. Shift. End, end of your turn, bounce, draw a card, scapeshift, Shift, you die. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I've, th- I've thought about running Leyland of Saints because, yeah, you can easily hard cast it. Um, and I even played in a... I think this is like, the last time I played uh, in, uh, Magic Online was I think I played a Modern Daily, and, um, <laughs> of course, my first three matches were the Mono Red Mirror, Uh, Except one of them was uh, black red with ley line out of the board, which they cannot cast. (laughs) There's literal no uh, white sources. So that was a surprise. Uh, Still beat them. Uh, But I I, I just don't like bringing in. uh, I mean, burn is essentially a combo deck. You assemble cards that equal their life total and then you win the game. And when you bring in cards like Leyline of Sanctity does not win you the game. Uh, You know, a sideboard card is supposed to substantially increase the odds of you winning the game when you have it in your hand, right? Right. But if you draw a hand with, let's say, two Arid Mesas, a Mountain, and two Leyline of Sanctities, and a Goblin Guide, I mean, that's just a horrible hand. Mm -hmm. But you have your sideboards. You have your sideboard cards, so shouldn't you be favored now? No, I mean, I, I it, it's and the thing is, it's not even an impossible card to beat in the mirror match, um, especially with a lot of the burn decks running around now. And the one I advocate to anyone that would listen or play in a modern tournament the last few weeks, um, there's a Boros uh, burn deck in modern which splashes one stomping ground for four or three uh, sideboard, um destructive Revelries, and if i you know if i especially if i saw this in game two i could just easily side those in for you know to blow up the eidolon of the great revel if they left those in um i just i don't like it at all <laughs> i don't i don't like bringing in cards that make you a uh if i could cuss i would a really crappy control deck yeah. um <laughs> i i just the same with like stony silence same with shatterstorm same with wear and tear I, I don't like any of those cards I think I think you're much better off either running destructive revelry or especially um, smash the smithereens yes. um i I just want I want my sideboard cards to. Uh, be reactive, which which those cards are. Uh, they and deal key damage. cards, yeah, and deal damage, and still yeah. be combo pieces.
0: Can I can I tell you my favorite moment from playing the burn deck in modern FNM? So, mm-hmm. um, just I think basically due to a lack of other options for the sideboard, I had four molten rains in the sideboard, which I thought was a good choice anyway. Uh, but I had all four in, um, and uh, I played against blue red Delver, and I was sideboarding and I can't remember like game one, I didn't see too many cards. So I didn't know exactly what deck he was playing. He could have been on, he could have been on twin. He could have been on uh combo. You know what I mean? Like uh, whatever, uh pass and flames or whatever. Um, he could have been on Delver. So I wasn't really sure. So like, I don't remember there was something in the deck that I, Oh, I boarded out. I think the skull cracks because he had absolutely no life gain. And I was like, well, I know he doesn't have life gain in his deck, so I was like, I don't want to use these. And I was like, I'm going to put these four Molten rains in, because I know that all these decks just have a low mana count. You know? And I was like, all of those decks don't have a lot of lands, because they're all in essentially mm-hmm. combo decks. So I was like, I'm just going to board these four Molten rains in. So uh, my opponent goes turn one, Island, Delver, right? Mm. Okay, cool. You know, Turn two, I Magma Jet it. Um, I don't remember if I did it on his turn, like a good, I think actually, I just didn't want him to have his spell pierce. So Mm -hmm. I just did it on my turn, you know? Um, and then, uh, I followed that turn up. So he, so then he didn't draw anything. He goes, go or whatever note with a land up. And I go molten rain, your Island. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, And that was it. That was it. I won on an empty versus an empty board. It was the wow. most, it was the most fun. I was just like you have nothing you didn't draw land this is amazing you kept a one land hand and i destroyed it and you can't do anything i was like it was so evil and beautiful and i was I, so happy
1: i did that at a side event at scg dallas is like a win modern i don't yeah. even know if we uh, talked about it previously on the podcast but um, I, I think was, we did yeah but, was,
0: buck, buck nasty
1: Fuck Nasty, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is before that, uh, one right, of the other right. rounds. I was playing against uh, Tron, and of course you side in all your Molten Rains. Yeah. And even some of the uh, Smash, uh, well, all of the Smash the Smitherings, really. Um, because I was able to blow up two of their lands, the two that they managed. Because they they they, uh, they mulliganed to five. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got to uh, Molten Rain, Molten Rain. And then just in case they ever wanted color mana. Um, molten Rain. Yeah, I know. Uh, Smash the Smithereens, their Chromatic Star. Just just no mana. No mana to be had for them. That feels really good.
2: It was Uh, awesome.
1: But yeah, I mean, uh, all that being said about my complaining about these sideboard cards, um, there were two burn decks in the top eight of uh, GP Kobe, or Kobe, and they both ran four Leyline of Sanctity in the board. So maybe I'm... (laughs) There's something I'm missing.
0: A couple more decks real quick. Just uh, let's quickly go through these. Sure.
1: uh, there was the, I guess, the deck of the tournament that also made the top eight, um, or that people were more, most excited about was the, no. Uh, it's just called No Affinity. Um, it runs 14 lands, it has no Arcbound Ravagers, no Signal Pests, uh, but it runs four in Soul Artifact, four Galvanic Blast, four Shrapnel Blast, and four Tarmogoyf. Uh, it's just a super lean super and you know it still has like all the really, really, really aggressive starts that uh, art you know that affinity can present, but it also has just uh, a, a lot more reach than uh, affinity normally has. like so normally affinity gets out to a fast start and then you cast like lingering souls and they're like, oh, I'm brick wall, this is horrible. Uh, this deck does not have that problem uh, with four shrapnel blast, four. Galvanic Blast. They have, you know, just burn for days. Um, and it also it makes the deck a lot less uh, dependent on the artifact synergies. So, you know, your your sideboard Shatterstorms are a lot less, you know, just backbreaking uh, versus this deck. So I, I liked it a whole lot, and it made the top eight. And it's a really, it just a really neat innovation on Affinity. I love
0: uh, it. Yeah, it's really cool. I, it looks really exciting. I've
1: never wanted to play Affinity in Modern, but I kind of want to play this deck. And it might just be <laughs> because it's got eight burn spells in it, but I don't yeah. care. I still like it a lot. Um, there was a lot of, uh, and this is just for a lot of the decks in the top 32. Uh, I saw this at least three or four times. There, uh, There's a blue-white-red control deck in the top eight that had four Restoration Angels and four Blade Splicers.
2: Yeah, Blade Splicer is a good card.
1: Yeah, so I, I, previously, before Burn in Modern, I guess a couple months back, I was actually playing uh, the black-white mid-range deck. I uh, top aided a premiere event online with it. I think um, Craig Wesco wrote about, it, and it felt really good. Um, and it ran, yeah, Restoration Angel and Blade Splicer. It's just kind of like a throwback to uh, Delver past, um, when blue-white Delver was 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 ruling the the airs and. Uh, Land and I, I really liked it, and it's really cool to see. I, but I wasn't really sure if Blade Splicer was really good enough. It never felt that great uh, in Modern, but in this GP, there's multiple decks with uh, four each of those, which I thought was really cool. Uh, another really cool deck. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this guy. He's a famous Magic player. Uh, Sh- Shouta? Is sure. it Sh-
0: Shota? Yes,
1: Shoda Isuka? Yeah. Uh, so he came in tenth with like a blue black Tezzeret deck. Uh, it's just a bunch of artifacts. It, it's really cool. It's a deck a lot of people I've seen try to make work, but just come a few cards short. And apparently I think, uh, this got there cause it got 10th place and it, it just looks like a lot of fun. Um, and it even has two sideboard Ashioks, which I, <laughs> which is, I did not think it was a modern card. Uh, there were, uh, multiple blue, white, red Delvers in the uh, top 32. And that deck seems really good. Like I, re- I really want to try that deck. Um, I think it's Jeff Hoogland that's been on that deck recently. Uh he's been uh a big proponent of it and it's it looks really good. There was uh Merfolk at thirteenth. I mean that's a just a deck that's been in the periphery of modern for a while, uh with four four master of waves, uh which I thought was cool. Uh Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. <laughs> that. And
0: also um I liked the four spreading seeds as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I Did mean that's a, that. Uh in Merfolk. Yeah. I think they run four normally. I'm not sure. Is it
0: anymore. yeah, I, had, I haven't really looked at the modern Merfolk list too much, Cause but,
1: uh... that helps with your Lord of Atlantis because it gets yeah. all the best uh island walk. So it's yeah, all... I was
0: I was like, huh, I like that. That's pretty neat.
1: It's a really cool like two mana stone rain effectively. Uh yeah, most decks in the too. format. Yeah. yeah. Um and then lastly, my uh my favorite deck in the top thirty two, uh coming in twenty third was uh basically a, a, a Gorio's vengeance uh gristle band. Uh variant, um, and this one was actually substantially different than the ones... I've played this deck probably more than any other modern deck. Uh, really? But just, yeah, but just at like casual events like F&M or just yeah. weekly events. Nothing like... Uh, I, I've, I've, I'm always too afraid to take this to like a... For some reason uh, at PTQs people just still bring graveyard hate. Even though, other than Tarmogoyf, there's not really a lot of decks that are relying on their graveyard. There's, there's just a lot. And
0: well, there's, I mean, um, what's it called? The, um, Spell, the Snapcaster Mage.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is, I, I wouldn't. And, and
0: Past in Flames, dude. Like, there's, there's a lot of good reasons to.
1: Uh, okay, to... Storm's not, Storm's not a terrible reason to do it. I, 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 could see that. Uh, but there's just not like, there's just not a lot of graveyard in inter- I mean, other than, I mean, Tarmogoyf seems like the biggest one to me. Yeah. And it, it cycles, which is fine, but, um, living in hasn't really been a thing lately. Um. I don't know. Actually, the thing is, I haven't played it since. Um, oh gosh, Deathrite Shaman became really ubiquitous mm-hmm. in modern, so that's what got me to stop playing it. Because that used to be my deck. You know, if there's a modern event, I'll play uh, the Goryos Vengeance through the Breach, Gristlebrand, <laughs> uh you know, the <laughs> Cool deck. But uh, once Deathrite Shaman became ubiquitous, I stopped playing it. But it, now isn't that
0: through the Breach banned.
1: No it's not so that's why the deck's called Grizzled band because eventually someone the stars are going to align it's someone's gonna spike a GP or something with this deck and it will it, it could potentially get banned because it's it's an unfair card uh it's mostly Gordo's vengeance actually um it it can lead I mean there's it's but if you run the um oh God what is that card it, it's it's possible to turn one someone with the deck it's uh <laughs> And and it's really possible to turn two someone if you just want to jam, and and I like to jam. Um, yeah, it's just eventually going to get one of, one of those cards. Is, one of those enabling cards uh, will get banned, um, because you have Simeon Spirit Guide, so you can technically get off to like just really stupid starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is theoretically possible to turn one or turn two someone very easily with the uh, with the deck. But this one uh, is a little different than decks people would normally see. This one runs four Liliana main deck, which I just love. Um, that's just great versus like any kind of control deck, scapeshift, anything. Um, and it also runs four Howltooth Hollow. So that's the black hideaway land. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> where, yeah, so you, you know, hideaway, the land comes in the battlefield tapped. Uh, you look at the top four cards of your library and remove one of them from the game face down. And for the black land, the Howltooth Hollow, you can pay a black and tap it and play the removed card without paying its mana cost if each player has no cards in hand. Hmm. So this, yeah. So that plays with the plan of Liliana the veil, uh, four Thoughtseize, and four Inquisition of Kozilek. So it's really possible to actually get someone to, you know, to have both players empty handed. And it's just a nice low cost way of having an additional, um, uh, way to cheat, uh, Emmercool or Grizzlebrand into play. Um, and, you know, just beyond the fact that, you know, you, yeah, fully onto the veil. Vale, you can get value. You just discard a, a an emercool, and then Gorio's Vengeance it back, and you're good to go. Um, so I, I really like that card. I, I actually, I, that that's probably the, the the one deck I'm most likely to sleeve up. There's one other card that I hadn't, I did not even know existed, uh, Quicksilver Amulet. It's oh a, yeah, yeah, it's a four cost artifact. And it's you pay four and tap it and you yeah. put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That's awesome. I did I did not know that card existed. Oh yeah,
0: that's a that's a commander staple.
2: It's good. Is it? Yeah, oh, I had, yeah, I
1: had no idea. There's, I mean, it just seems like yeah, you could just you could make up a card that costs about four or five mana uh, from Magic's history and just tell me it's modern playable and it reanimates or cheats a creature into play and I'd probably believe you because <laughs> every time I'm like I've never heard of this like Fist of the Suns that was a card for a while. Uh, Summoner's Egg. There was like there's been like several different cards that do yeah, that just cheat a creature into play that I've never heard of and are modern legal and just no one plays. So, uh, I thought the GP results, um, however down I was about standard, uh, were very encouraging, um, and kind of demonstrate that, uh, there's a format that's still, you know, alive and well, and there's plenty of, uh, unexplored, uh, deck building space, um, that, that's yet to be, yet to be, uh, yet to be found.
0: Yeah, and I and, and and that's it is refreshing to me too as someone who used to have reservations about, you know, getting into modern and feeling like the format was just like uh, it's a bunch of delver decks, uh it's a bunch of uh bunch of pod decks, uh it's a bunch of this. Yeah, it is. It is a bunch of those decks, but it's also a bunch of decks. You know, it's like not just those decks. Those decks aren't really dominating the format. Um and, and, and I don't know. And I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. I am just going to jam burn in it like
2: crazy, <laughs>
0: but that's because I can, and it's not a dumb choice. You know, like if burn was a terrible deck in modern, like I wouldn't play it. it's not like, Oh, I'm just going to play because I, I, my attitude used to be, I'm just going to play burn and legacy. I don't even care. Like, I <laughs> would just like, like Regardless of the format, regardless of whether or not the deck was viable, I was going to play it, you know? And I I don't feel like that anymore. I feel like I'm going to play a deck that I feel gives me a good chance of winning. And I genuinely feel like that deck is Burn. And if that deck is Burn, I will play it. If that deck mm -hmm. is not Burn, I won't still play it despite myself, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I think... um anyone that asked me for what deck they should play in modern for the past, I'd say four or five weeks. I've, the answer has been burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, you know, it's been really sad that, uh, I haven't gotten to play to, this is the first season, uh, PTQ season in over a year that I've like not played a single PTQ in and probably won't get to, yeah. um, when I, I, you know, I have a deck that I'm really excited about that I think legitimately is, um, an excellent choice to, to win a tournament. Uh, and i think it's burn. um although it is definitely it you're not going to catch anyone <laughs> off guard with it at this point. Uh, obviously right, it's just one gp. um but i still feel like there's not a lot of great cards especially if you're running four Skullcrack, crack 4 uh flames of the bloodhand that you can like play around it unless you want to sleeve up uh soul sisters or something crazy but
0: oh did I, you know did you know spike feeders a card? Yeah. Oh man, I like didn't even I like that's the worst thing. It's like when you thought playing... that
1: was just a podcast.
0: No, no, you're
1: <laughs> you're,
0: you're, you're like playing uh, like a, a, in a tournament, and somebody plays a card, and you have to pick it up and read it, and you read that it's like going to wreck you. I'm like, oh.
1: Oh, so you're saying you didn't have a fun time playing against Pod. Oh,
0: oh, I had – oh, no, no, no. Look, I'm not saying I didn't have a fun time playing against Pod. I genuinely did. I had a fine time playing against Pod. Like, and they crushed me. It was entirely Mm one-sided. But I still had a fun time playing against it. Like, that's the thing is, like, that's where I'm getting to with Constructed is that, like, you know, it's – uh, what was the quote from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Uh, Learn to enjoy losing. You know, um but like really, like like I'm cool like I'm like I, I hate it, like, my least favorite thing is when someone apologizes to you in a match for like you choosing to Mulligan to five or like them beating you, yeah, why apol never apologize to me for beating me in a match. I'm cool. I'm not one of these guys who's going to get all salty about it. I'm learning. You know, I'm learning every match I play, and I don't ever feel, like, mad about it. I'm I, I'm, I'm, a Zen master, really, when it comes to magic, or at least I've become one, and I really enjoy it. Um, like, I don't get that. Like, I think the only thing that really does kind of make me salty is when someone apologizes to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, why? You're sorry that I chose to mulligan to five because I can't play this six? Yeah. There's nothing, nothing to apologize to me for. I'm going to go ahead and beat you with this five that I just mulliganed to, and I'm not going to apologize for it because I don't feel the need to apologize because we're both doing the thing that we are here to do, and that's to win a game of magic. you know. And if I don't feel like I can do it with my six, there's no reason to apologize. I'm making a informed decision. You don't see this six, you know? Anyway, I could go on about that for forever, but we're about out of time. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I'm really excited about Modern, um, and, and that's great. Like, I'm glad to, like, get through my, you know, displeasure is a very soft word for it. My extreme hatred of, of a format that uh, I'm actually enjoying now. So, yeah, if
1: your heart grew three sizes while playing Modern. Or burn in modern.
0: <laughs> three times zero
1: is zero. Ah, is that was that the, the Grinch quote? Something I guess. Yeah, his heart, <laughs> his heart grew three sizes when he saw the the people enjoying Christmas. Because you were basically like the modern Grinch previously. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're very bah bah humbug about it.
0: I really was, it, um, and I'm glad I'm not anymore. I hate to be that guy. I always hate to be somebody who's who's just. It's who's
1: like a there. sixty card commander to you.
0: Unless it's, unless, yeah, it was, um, unless it's like Baltimore music, um, you know, I really do like to try to keep an open mind. Um, so anyway, uh, join us in two weeks when we talk about spoilers for cons. Oh man. What a good time. I'm looking forward to it.
1: More taxi driver quotes.
0: I'll have to watch the movie again. I used oh to,
1: man, I'm gonna send you that clip. You should play. I, it to I, I Great. I
0: think I own the movie somewhere. I just don't know. imagine
1: him driving through the street, but he's he's instead of like the the, the human scum he's looking at, it's it's the the main archetypes of stand. <laughs> I think it'll really uh, deepen your enjoyment of the film.
0: It's beautiful. All
1: right. <laughs>
0: well. Anyway, that's all we have for this week. We are
1: YoMTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing water. I can't complain in my own Never encounter fights with self defense, like swipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing dynamite. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight, sag, wicked jeans, was a mean, right, strike. And when they can't combine, Liver Jenkins outlined the highest price. Hip hop, new rep, victim, consistent, fresh, daily. I maintained a quiet life during open mics. Expectations Two high dreams holding the i friends and loved ones Couldn't with
0: it Pursue music Yo MTG Taps Available every other Thursday On LegitMTG.com I want my MTG.com MTGcast.com And iTunes Email us YoMTGTaps At gmail.com Like us on Facebook Follow us on Tumblr YoMTGTaps.tumblr.com Follow us on Twitter at taps. Follow me on Twitter at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Follow Steven on Twitter at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at MagneticMoments.Bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.